0: You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational Educational and motivational motivational. to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 71, entitled... Customer perception is what really matters. Well, hello everybody and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in as always and uh again as always just want to extend a, a thanks out there for uh those that have been emailing me and uh, asking questions uh and uh you know, just for the overall community um to be growing. I really appreciate you guys um just Listening and sharing uh, the podcast, Uh, I saw uh, another listener who emailed me and told me that they had shared the uh, podcast with their uh, Facebook group, a lawn care Facebook group that they were uh, a part of. Unfortunately, though, with that one, it looked like a day or two later, uh, the group removed the link to the podcast. Um, I'm not sure exactly why, but, uh, I appreciate the, um, gesture anyways that they had shared it in the first place. Uh, and, uh, like I say, really appreciative of, uh, when people do that. I also appreciate, uh, the people who have been responding to my, um, call to, uh, or for suggestions about how I can monetize the show. Uh, and the reason I talk to you guys about this openly is just to, uh, uh, keep that sense of transparency and that sense of, um, to show you guys, uh, sort of where I'm sort of heading with the show and the direction, um, and that I want to keep it going. Um, but obviously, the world we live in uh, money is uh, you know how the world goes around and you have to pay the bills and you have to do other things and and doing the show I'd love to I've got so many great ideas for the show you know I I talked about last week how I want to um, I'm going to take up uh, some of your suggestions on doing interviews uh, over the winter months uh, and try to add that dynamic to the show um, it won't be Uh, on a weekly basis but having them you know uh mixed in uh, the episodes um so you know may have an episode with me just talking and then uh you know the next episode might be an interview with somebody that sort of thing just mix it up vary it so that it's uh, a lot more interesting to listen to um so you know i appreciate uh uh, you guys with your input and stuff. And, you know, I got another suggestion that, uh, I may, uh, for monetizing the show, uh, about selling products and stuff. And, uh, another person suggested that, um, I ask everybody to contribute a dollar a month. Uh, and they said, uh, you know, if you have 10,000 listeners to your show, you'd be a rich person. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just really appreciate you guys coming out and, and, you know, wanting to see the show succeed and, um, you know, just putting your input in, um, it just makes it uh, all the more worthwhile if you guys are contributing and uh, building this community together alongside me. Um, and with that in mind, you know, I was thinking about the podcast and thinking, as well too as long along the lines of the monetization and thinking you know i haven't picked up i know somebody uh, one of the emails referred to the fact that they said i know you have podcast sponsors already and you know they went on talking about some other ideas and stuff and i don't have podcast sponsors i talk about affiliates and affiliate links um during the podcast but there's no official sponsors for the episodes as of yet um obviously that would be uh, one of the main goals for the show um, to have, uh, you know, a trusted company that provides a great service or product that's geared towards um, lawn care entrepreneurs or landscaping entrepreneurs to come on board and, you know, sponsor um, each of the episodes, um, you know, and I thought what a great opportunity for uh, a company that would be interested in that because with the podcasting, when you're uh, you know, when you have an audio uh, advertisement um, or or a sponsorship spot there, that stays evergreen. Um, and, you know, week by week, when I'm looking at my download numbers uh, for the episodes, not only are the episodes being downloaded more and more each week, so every new episode that comes out, it gets more downloads than the previous episode, but all of the back catalog episodes also keep getting download, downloaded week after week after week, right down to the very first episode and episode zero about me and uh, episode one and the branding episodes, all that every single episode every week gets more and more downloads. So if a company is sponsoring the show and adding, you know, having their, me uh, talk about their product and stuff, um, you know, all those new people that discover the show will also be hearing those, um, advertisements even though they may be you know from months ago um, you know or years ago even if it's an, an evergreen product so you know I thought what a great opportunity in that space there's not really too many um, other uh, advertising um, methods where you pay once to have your product uh, advertised and it continues to be you know, advertised ever, you know, in an evergreen sense, week after week after week as new people discover those, uh, that content and those episodes. So, uh, yeah, I just really appreciate that. And if you guys, uh, if you have, um, you know, a product or service or something that you think is geared towards, um, lawn care professionals, people starting out in lawn care, you know, maybe this is a, a good uh, avenue to for you to discover or to explore in uh, advertising your product and help supporting the show and building this community. So, with that being said, like I said, I you know, just want to be open and honest with you guys. Um I don't like um when some of the podcasts that I listen to, they talk about certain things and then you know, they hit you with, uh uh you know, a, a product or a course or something like that. And it just seems that they're, uh, you know, that's their only interest is that is uh, that's the only reason they're doing it for is just to sell their own product or or that sort of thing. So I'm trying to, you know, keep it transparent with you guys that, yes, uh, you know, there is a need to. Um, generate income with the podcast and the blog and stuff. And like I say, there's so much more that I'd like to do like it 's all I think about uh, all day long is how I can improve the blog and you know videos that i 'd like to do and blog posts I like to do and how to make it a lot more informative and and you know gathering doing a bunch of research on um, starting lawn care businesses and what the requirements are and breaking it down to even you know the different states across the United States and provinces in Canada and what you know y- you would need and all that stuff so making it a a whole uh sort of uh resource um heavy website that you can find out you know the very nitty-gritty on how to start but that takes all a lot of time and that's where sort of the monetization comes in if i can be uh you know compensated for that time and have my expenses paid as far as the website and all that sort of stuff goes and that's truly just where um it all comes from because it is starting to like i said before in previous episodes, taking away from uh, the time that I'm doing lawn care, and I'm okay with that as long as um, you know I don't start taking a hit financially because of the website and podcast. Uh, that's where it starts to become uh, a problem, especially uh, uh, you know in my wife's eyes, uh, then it becomes a real problem. So. Like I say, that's it for uh, as far as uh, talking about that for this uh, uh, episode. But I just wanted to uh, sort of be straight with you guys about uh, that. So anyways, this week's episode is all about uh, customer perception and how your customers or potential customers perceive your business. Now, this partly came about um, because I was... You know, I went to a customer's uh, lawn this week to mow. I've been mowing this client for a few years now, and I pulled up, and there was a set of hedges. Now, if you've uh, followed me on Instagram, you'll you'll s- would have seen the picture that I posted here. So they have a, a set of hedges, and they sprayed their own weed killer on uh, the lawn. And they used a non-selective herbicide to do this. So there was a big one foot swath of lawn in front of the hedges that was completely dead. It was all, you know, yellow and completely dead. And you look at all the neighbor's uh, lawns and they're all perfectly fine. They all have the same types of hedges uh, in front of this boulevard. And only this one customer had this one swath. And you know not only did the customer obviously i'm not sure why they did it on their own whether it was to save money or what but you know it's the type of customer that i would um look at and say well you're not hard up for money you know you have a nice house you drive a uh, tesla model s there's not you know um I wouldn't think that there's an issue with, uh, money unless, you know, you can't really afford that Tesla. Um, but where this bothers me the most is not that they did it themselves, but that it's such a visually, um, obtrusive and, and, you know, nasty looking result. And where it bothers me, like I said, is that the surrounding neighbors you know, they probably don't see that he was the one that did it, that he was out there spraying his own weeds. But what they'll more likely uh, attribute it to is the lawn guy. And I've been mowing this person's lawn, like I say, for a few years. So my truck and trailer is parked out in front of their house, uh, you know, every week on the same day, around the same time. And I've seen neighbors around and, you know, some of them even wave at me and stuff because you're sort of a regular part of that day of that neighborhood uh, coming around and stuff. And so when they see that, you know, they see that result, like say, they may not have seen the customer come out and spray his own weeds and, you know, ultimately, you know, using the wrong type of product for that, but they'll probably think that I was the one that sprayed it. And that's where it really bothers me. And it's one of the reasons, uh, you know, there's nothing I can do about it now, obviously, because, um, you know, what's done is done. And I'm not going to, uh, drop the customer over it because, you know, they've been a really good customer. They've, n- I've never had issues with them paying their bill or anything like that. Um, but it, you know, it has the potential there to affect future business from those surrounding neighbors. Who may think that, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and that customer perception there is the most important part. Um, and it's the reason why I feel that making sure and working on your brand and your logo and all that stuff is so important because it really does set you apart from all those other lawn care companies. Lawn care companies are a dime a dozen. There's so many out there. There's so many, you know, what does it take? Anybody with a pickup truck and, uh, you know, a, a craftsman lawnmower is a lawn care company pretty much these days, it seems, you know. Um, I talk to, you know, my, I know it, it drives my brother-in-law nuts. He'll he'll always say to me, oh, there's another guy in the neighborhood. There's another guy in the neighborhood, right, with their homeowner stuff in the back of their car just... Uh, and trying to mow lawns and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's difficult to, uh, set yourself apart. And the way to do it is by that customer perception, by looking legitimate, by having insurance, by, uh, treating your customers fairly, um, by having those logos, the truck and trailer, clean and washed, uniforms and all that can make the world of difference um, and set you apart from, you know, just some guy with a lawnmower. Now, the other sort of thing that happened this past uh, week or so that sort of got me on to this topic was I was on Facebook and you know this uh, a Facebook ad popped up and it was for a cell phone company and you know with with Facebook I guess it's it's um you know tied to what you've searched for lately uh, on the web and all that sort of stuff and I had searched for this uh uh, different cell phone companies and, you know, I was looking for a cell phone plan, uh, for my son. Um, now that he's gotten into this sort of higher level of soccer that I've talked about before, you know, he's having to go on trips and stuff with the team and things like that. So I wanted to get him a cell phone plan for his, uh, uh, his iPhone that, uh, you know, sort of the hand-me-down iPhone that he has. And, uh, you know, that way, if he needed to call us or anything like that, that, uh, he'd have that. So I was researching these uh, cell phone companies and, and, uh, you know, the cell phone one that I had, or the plan that I had for my daughter was with this particular company. So I was looking, so anyways, I guess, because I had been doing some searching, these ads started popping up on my Facebook feed and they <clears throat> had, the week before when I was researching these cell phone plans, they, I noticed that they had a sort of refer a friend type program where they would give you, um, as the, um, you know, current customer of this cell phone company, $25. If you signed up somebody and they would give that new customer $25, uh, in bill credits. So I thought, Hey, great, you know, I'll sign up my, uh, my son and, uh, you know, he'll get $25 off his bill and I'll get $25 off my daughter's bill. So I did that. And then my wife was looking at the plans and going, Oh, you know, those plans are actually pretty good too. And, you know, I seem to be, uh, uh, she was in an old cell phone plan for a few years and it was, um, you know, her phone, um, she she wasn't using a new iPhone or anything. So she was still using her iPhone from a few years ago. And, you know, it was paid off. It wasn't, uh, you know, subsidized or anything like that. So there was no need for her to be in this uh, plan anymore. So she was looking at this other company going, hey, you know what, maybe I should switch too because, you know, for, you know, um, I can actually save a few bucks a month and actually get more data and stuff included in my plan and stuff. So I thought, you know what, we'll do that. We'll switch you over. And, uh, you know, we'll take advantage of this, uh, refer a friend thing too, right? So we did that on the same week and got her switched over. And so, you know, she'll technically get a $25 credit on her bill. And then, um, because I was using my daughter's plan as the referring plan, then she'll technically get another $25 off for her plan as well. So fast forward to that uh, week later and this Facebook ad pops up for uh, this cell phone company and it says, refer a friend sale, um, you know, promotion going on, refer a friend from now until, uh, you know, the end of October and you'll each get $50 off uh, your, uh, your bill credits. And I was immediately like, are you kidding me? I just signed up. And now you're offering 50 bucks off of each of these. So I commented, I don't usually comment on, you know, those sorts of things, but I commented just saying, Hey, you know, I just signed up for this and, uh, you know, is there a way that this can be inter or uh, retroactive? You know, I just signed up two phones to my plan last week. And, uh, you know, they, they, uh, responded back basically saying that, uh, sorry, Um, you know, that the sale or their promotion started now, and that it only um, affects uh, plans starting that signed up from that point forward and, and all that. And I was like, well, that's kind of, you know, goofy, because this is literally like a week ago, and I just brought you new business um, based on that. And now you guys upped it, and you won't, um, you know, match it. Uh, Had I brought you those new uh, cell phone plans this week, um, rather than last week, you would have been giving me this anyway. So what's the big deal? Why not make it retroactive for maybe the past month or, or something like that, or 30 days or whatever it is. And, and I went on to say that, you know, if any other reputable company would honor their promotions within, you know, the last 30 days and offer pricing protection and all that stuff. And then they just came back again and said, um, you know, uh, that, uh, because it's not a plan or anything and that it was just a perk for signing up that, uh, they, they won't do it. And that, uh, you know, the good news is, is that if you, you're welcome to sign up more people and get the $50, um, you know, promotion and that, uh, you know, it's good to that point and, uh, you know. just put a a whole spin on it. And finally, I just responded because the funny thing is is I was thinking about switching my own plan over to this uh, company as well. And uh, I've been with uh, the cell company that I've been with for 11 years. And I was thinking, well, maybe I'll just switch to these guys too. Um, You know, they're actually owned by the cell, uh, the carrier that I'm a part of, they're just sort of the, a sub, uh, you know, a smaller uh, name brand or thing, but it's the same uh, service, the same cell towers, everything's exactly the same, but their, their prices are better. Um, it's sort of like their discounted uh, version. So I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll switch these guys to these ones too, right? Uh, there's only a couple things that I wouldn't be Uh, getting, but I don't use those things as often. So it's not a a big deal if I were to switch to their sort of discounted brand and just had the data and, you know, phone service and all that sort of stuff. Um, So anyway, so they get back to me with this comment and I was like, you know, that customer, I said, sorry for you, that uh, uh, customer perception is the only thing that really matters because, you know, had you if I had signed up those two clients for you, or those brought you those two new accounts this week, rather than last week, you would have been giving me that amount anyways. Now this company's famous, uh, in the area for advertising that they're number one in customer satisfaction and, and all this sort of stuff. And, and I said, you know, rather than, um, telling everybody, that you're number one in customer satisfaction. Why not just do things that prove it and let that speak for itself? And then, you know, a bunch of people start, you know, liking that comment and stuff, um, because it was absolutely true. Why it makes absolutely no sense that they wouldn't honor, um, that promotion when I had just brought them, you know, those two new clients, you know, if this was back in the day where you're, signing contracts and stuff the ink would be barely dry on those contracts when uh you know this new promotion came up and they're not going to honor that and the end result was now i feel that um you know the company is not what they say they are and you know they can blow smoke as much as they want and say that they're number one in customer satisfaction and stuff but to me That's not the case. And the end result is I didn't bring them. I didn't switch the the last account over. And luckily, the ones that I did switch, they're not contracts. So, and the phones are unlocked. So the end result is, is that they've built no loyalty because there's no reason for me to, uh, you know, believe that they're there to help me out, that they're there to, um, you know, make me happy, that all that matters to them is their bottom line. So the end result is that the moment I'll use them for while it benefits me, but the moment another cell company uh, offers a different deal or a better promotion, because I'm not tied down by contracts and my phones are unlocked, I'll just switch them you know, the phone number doesn't get changed or anything like that. The phone number gets ported over to whatever other company you go to. So there's no issue. Had they had, uh, honored that they would have built that customer loyalty with me. I would have switched my other phone over and I wouldn't, uh, be bothering to look at, uh, another, you know, phone plan or, or anything, um, where now it becomes that sort of That thing, that perception that they've built up now in my mind and also the, the, you know, the people that have liked my comment and stuff on their their thing and have chimed in as well. That's the perception that they're building is that, you know, they don't really care that what they care about is just, you know, bring in new people and it doesn't matter uh, once you're signed up. It's one of those, you know, it drives me nuts when you see companies that offer promotions to new clients only, but you've been, you know, clients that have been around for years and years and years don't get, uh, don't get anything really. Um, you know, and that can just drive you nuts or you have to phone them and pull teeth and all that sort of stuff to, to try to get them to match something or to, uh, you know, after you've been loyal and you've been paying their bills for so long. Another example of this is a store, a local uh, Canadian retailer that drives me nuts as well. And this one is they are so anti customer service at this store that it's ridiculous. Anybody that I talk to about this store all have the same similar experiences. Now, what makes it, f- you know, feel like this is when you first enter this store, actually before you even enter the store, when you get to, you know, the front doors, they have those, um, bullards or there's, you know, those, those poles that stick up out of the ground to stop, I guess, cars from, uh, you know, smashing in through the front window and stuff. But the difference is with this store is that they've placed them so close together that you can't get the shopping cart out of the parking or out of the store. You get out the door and you have to take your stuff out of the shopping cart right there so that you can't take the shop, you can't take the shopping cart to your car. So that's the first thing. It's, it's ridiculous. Next thing is you walk in through the door and you have to walk through like a security gate, you know, fence type thing with the, um, uh, you know, the, uh, turnstile. So you have to go through the turnstile to get into the store you know, like you're lining up for a ride on the roller coaster or something like that. So you get into the turnstile. Once you do your shopping and the shopping carts are there, once you get in the store, the shopping carts are inside the store. So you get your shopping cart, you load whatever you're going to buy. Once you're done there, you have to go and and check out. Now, here's the other thing that they've done. They've put in checkouts that are so close together that you can only fit your shopping cart through. Now, where this is a problem is that the tills that are not open all have gates across them and they're locked. So if you're going into the store and you don't happen to buy anything, you, if it's busy, cannot leave the store Without going through the checkout. And because it's so narrow. You can't even say excuse me. And walk past people. To go out. You have to. Almost sit there. And wait. For people to check out. So you can walk past the cashier. And go out the door. Now. This is obviously done. In. uh, You know a reason to prevent shoplifting and stuff like that. And I can understand that, but it's also alienating everybody else because they're treating 100% of their clients of their potential customers like criminals that, you know, you have to go through all these security checks in and out to get out of their store. Now, I've always felt this way about this place, and I will say that I still do shop there occasionally, only because they have sales where they discount stuff, you know, ridiculously, to the point where, you know, they almost train the public, whereas I won't go there and shop or buy anything for regular price, because I know at some point, it will go on sale and it'll be 50, 60, 70, 80% off because that's how their sales are. They're always just this huge percentage off the regular price. So, and it seems to be that it's always the same, you know, stuff repeats. So if you see something on sale once and you miss it, you know, a month or two down the line, it's going to be on sale again. So, You get into this pattern of just looking at their flyer, seeing what's on sale. If you see something that you like, I'll go there. But the difference is instead of, you know, most store strategies with sales are they lower the price, they draw you in, and hopefully you'll pick up a bunch of other stuff while you're there at regular price. But what they've done is they've trained people, and I'm not the only one. I've talked to other people about this, and they've just trained people to number one, look out for their sales and number two, not buy anything if it's not on sale. Um, and number three, when I go in there for a particular item that is on sale, I will buy just that. And that's all. I will not buy anything else in that store because number one, I know that I'm not going to pay a regular price for it because it'll probably be on sale in the future, and number two, because they are basically basically treating me like a criminal the minute I walk in that store, I don't want to be in that store for very long. So I just go straight to where I need to go, grab what I need to grab, get through the checkout and leave. Now this further sort of compo- compounded my belief in what this company's uh, policies were. I once went to there, they have like an automotive section and they have a parts counter and all that sort of stuff. And I went in there once to, uh, you know, ask for some parts that they had on sale. I think they were brakes, brake pads and stuff are constantly on sale and stuff. So I went in there and asked for, you know, the brake pads or whatever, for a particular vehicle that I was going to, uh, do this brake job on. And, you know, the person, uh, had to go into the back to go get their parts. And on the counter, there was a clipboard and it had some handwritten notes on it. Uh, it looked like a list of, you know, things to get done. And it was obviously left by a store manager for this particular person in this department to get done. Uh, while, you know, maybe the store manager was uh, done for the day and, you know, this person was the night shift or weekend or whatever it was. I can't remember the exact circumstances, but anyways, it was there. And so while he left to go into the back I looked at the, the list and above the, you know, the the itemized list, there was a, a short paragraph written by the manager. And I read the paragraph and this is going back now, oh, maybe seven, eight, could even be longer, nine, 10 years. But I read this paragraph and it has stuck with me ever since and only really, you know, just strengthened my belief that this company sucks, basically. And what it said, and remember, this is from a manager instructing their customer service rep, basically, you know, this is the person who's interacting with your clients, with the people that, you know, the whole reason that you're in business is to serve people, And this is what he wrote, or she. They wrote, Customer service is not an excuse for not getting uh, the items put away. Just ignore them and they'll leave you alone. Now let me say that again. It said... Customer service is not an excuse for not getting your work done. Just ignore them and they will leave you alone. Is your mouth dropped as low as mine was the day that I read that? I could not believe what I was reading. It just blew my mind that, you know, this is how... They thought of their clients that, you know, having customers come into their store and buy stuff was essentially an inconvenience and that if they could somehow figure out a way to bypass that that they would be all the happier for it. And that, like I said, that blew my mind. And to this day, it stuck with me because, like I said, it just strengthened the customer, my customer perception of that store, that they are terrible. And it's only been, um, you know, when I talk to friends and stuff that have had, Terrible experiences in that store. It just, you know, I tell this story about what I read and they just, everybody, you know, sort of goes, okay, now that makes, you know, it makes sense now that they, this is how their company culture is. This is what they think. So yeah, it was just completely mind blowing. It doesn't matter who you are or what qualifications you have. If your lawn care business is the best lawn care business, if there's such a thing, the best lawn care business out there, you have the best equipment, um, you know, you have the best knowledge, you do the best work, but if the customer's perception isn't that, that they don't think, they don't believe, they don't buy into that then that's all that matters. You know, I know a lot of guys and sort of the, the thought is that, you know, because they have certain equipment or they have, uh, you know, big trailers and stuff like that, that autom- automatically, uh, makes them better than the next guy. And that's not the case. What matters is, the customers and community's perception of your business if you're like i say uh doing a bunch of work and you're um you know out there and you're grinding but you know say somebody um uh, the customer perception is that you're overpriced well then that's the customer perception is that you're overpriced and that's all that matters because that word will get around You know, it may not be true, but that word will get around and, you know, you will suffer the consequences because of that. I'm just going to break for the podcast announcements and then we'll get into it a little bit more. All right, stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. And while you're there, why not join my mailing list and get access to a free PDF document of a landscape maintenance contract you can feel free to copy and use in your own business you instagram users out there be sure to follow me at lawn care business success and if you haven't checked out my videos yet well what are you waiting for be sure to subscribe to the lawn care business success youtube channel now i know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as i do so i've partnered up with audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and two free audiobooks of your choice there's no long-term commitments and you can cancel any time And get this, even if you cancel during your free trial period, you still get to keep the two free audiobooks. It's a great way to try the service and to see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Audible. Now back to the show. Okay, so before the break, I was talking about customer perception. And, you know, I gave you some examples of some of the incidents that have happened to me that have sort of framed my uh own perception of companies that I deal with, you know, in my day-to-day regular shopping and things like that. And one of the ways that, you know, this sort of affects me and my lawn care business as well is that what I've done over the years is that I've adopted a policy where when I'm signing up a new client, I make it clear that I will not mow a client's lawn who has hired another company to do the fertilizing, uh, you know, weed control, um, doing chemicals or anything like that. Now, if they hire me midway and they're in a contract, then that's, you know, that's fine. I don't expect them to, um, take a loss on their investment because, uh, my experience has been at least with the companies around here that just do the chemical applications and all that sort of stuff that they're usually prepay at the beginning of the year for the whole year's worth of services. And they entice Uh, clients by offering a a discount for prepaying for that service for say five, um, fertilizer applications and aeration and all that sort of stuff. So I won't expect a client who's say, uh, hiring me starting in August or something like that to abandon that and lose out on what they've paid already. But I make it clear that starting the next spring that I need, I have to be the one that does the, um, fertilizing and overseeding and all that sort of stuff and uh, that uh, I won't continue the lawn service unless that's the case and the reason for this is customer perception because through my experience I have seen I've had customers like before I had this policy where a customer would have one of these companies that just goes, you know, these big, huge multinational companies that, you know, this is all they do is just chemical applications and things like that. And the problem, and I've stated this before in the past, is that these companies, because they don't mow lawns or do any other gardening work, is that all they do is chemical applications but i'm sure you know as you guys know if you're doing fertilizing or a moss control or something like that there's certain times of year that you want to do those applications but if you're a company that only does applications then inevitably there's going to be customers that have stuff done at the wrong time because you don't have other services that you diversify and can provide in between those ideal, uh, times of doing those applications. So I've told the story, I think before, where I had a client that had one of these, you know, companies and, you know, signed up for their package and, uh, in the middle of the summer, their, one of their kids was getting married and they weren't having the, I don't think they were having the reception in their backyard, but they were having, you know, a gathering or get together family barbecue with all of the, um, extended family and stuff that had come in from out of town to go to their kid's wedding. And the problem was the week before this company came that they had hired in the spring And because they were behind or for whatever reason, decided to spray the moss control on the lawn that week. So what happened? Well, the lawn, you know, here in this area, moss is quite common and most lawns suffer from moss issues. And uh, by the company spraying, you know, their liquid moss control, it did its job. It started to kill off the moss. Moss. The problem was, is that they did it in the summer, not in the spring when it should have been done. And so this family had their gathering and had their barbecue and were just dumbfounded because now their lawn had areas that were completely black where, you know, if it hadn't been sprayed, yes, it had the moss in it, but at least it was green. At least it, you know, had a, you know, a nice sort of background and for taking photos with their out of town guests and all that sort of stuff. And now, you know, they had this lawn that was just black spots everywhere from where the moss was. And it was from that incident that I adopted the policy that, you know what? The problem is, is that when you have a company like that, that only does these, um, services like applications and fertilizer and things like that. And that's all they do for the most part, you know, one of the biggest complaints I hear also from clients is that these people come in and they're doing this stuff or these clients or these companies come in, sorry, and they do this and they're only, you know, they're in and out in five minutes. And that's another, uh, uh, customer perception thing is that yes, it doesn't take very long to, uh, do fertilizer, you know, to f- put fertilizer in your uh, fertilizer spreader and walk a lawn and put fertilizer, you know, it might only take you five minutes to do that on a typical small lawn. But the c- customer's perception is that they're not getting a good value because you were only there for five minutes and they think somehow that, um you know, that company is cheating them. And I've heard this uh, complaint from my clients when I talk about these other companies and they say, yeah, yeah, they come in so fast. I don't even know if they even did anything. You know, they're, they're here five minutes, you know, they walk past the window. I see them go past the window. The next thing I know, I look out and they're gone already. And, uh, you know, I hear over and over and over again. And I'm not saying that the company is doing anything wrong in that sense that, you know, they're doing it too quick or something, but that's the cu- customer's perception, but where it affects me is that because that is the case that it only takes these companies a few minutes to do something is that for the most part you know if they're visiting one of my clients only once every two months or something to put an application down is that they're there for five minutes they do their thing and they go and the surrounding neighborhood again is not going to see that what they are going to see though is me there every week with my trailer there because I'm there for a half an hour or you know whatever on average and I'm mowing the lawn and I'm the lawn guy that I'm obviously the same guy that's doing the fertilizer and the chemical applications and all that sort of stuff so when you know a nice uh, warm August happens and some application company decides that they're going to come by and do moss control that's going to make it look like it's me. Those surrounding neighbors are going to have the perception again, that it's my company that did that. And that I must have no clue as to what I'm doing, because why would you put moss control in the summer? And you're the company that did it. So that's where I started to adopt that policy. After that company did that, I was like, this is not good because these surrounding neighbors are going to think that I'm the one that did that. And because of that incident as well, the customer had no issue with dropping this company that they had been using for uh, years for their, you know, fertilizer application stuff. And I took over that, um that next season and continued to do it for years after. So hopefully, you know, Uh, that all worked out. But I will say that I didn't actually uh, pick up any other clients in that neighborhood. So I don't know if that's just because nobody needed lawn care or if it had a result to do with that, who knows, right? There's no, there's not really a a way to uh, prove that or show that or what, right? But another thing that I don't do because of customer perception is And it's a selling point that I use when I'm selling large lawn renos. is that, you know, I'll get call for power raking and I'll go out to a client's house and I'll look at the the lawn and, you know, they might have, again, a moss issue, which is usually the most common issue here. And I know that if I just power rake that lawn, you know, it'll remove the moss, but it's not... The way to properly address that issue that you know the a moss control should go down first before you start to agitate the soil and you know spread the moss through the spores and the dust and stuff when you start agitating it um, that the moss should be killed first, and also when you 're taking out moss because it 's so thick and it grows almost into like a shag carpet that you can essentially peel back once you power rake that it 's going to leave big barren areas of just soil. So I'll get these calls every spring for just the power raking. And I'll explain to the client that, you know, the proper way to do this is that we need to kill the moss first, then we'll power rake it, then we'll aerate it. We're going to need to overseed the entire lawn. We're going to put a starter fertilizer down, put some lime down, and then top dress the entire thing. And, you know, they'll be like, well, I don't want to do that. I just want, you know, just power rake it. And I'll say, well, here's, here's the problem. If we just power rake it, number one, if we don't kill the moss first, then, you know, essentially the spores are just going to rise up in the air as I'm power raking it. They're going to drop back on the ground and, you know, you're just going to have moss come back a lot quicker. And, you know, and that's actually another complaint that I get from people is that, you know, they'll say that a neighbor power rake their lawn. And now, um, you know, six months later, their lawn is completely covered in moss where they've been, you know, keeping a, a handle on it. And now, you know, they're having this huge moss issue ever since, uh, the neighbor power raked their lawn. And it's because of that reason. So, but I'll go on and say that. You know, I have to do all these other steps. And if you only want the power raking that you'll need to find somebody else to do that. And they'll look at me shocked and be like, well, why is that? Like, why can't you just do the power raking? That's all I want. And I'll say, because when I'm here working and power raking, you know, the machines are noisy. It takes a while be here for a few hours doing it. All your neighbors are going to be looking out the window and looking at what's going on. And what they're going to see is my company trailer with my name and my logos, and they're going to see me working out here. And if I only power rake, sure, that's great. You know, I collect a paycheck and I'm done in a couple hours and I leave. But in the weeks to follow and in the months to follow, When all those bare areas of soil are left and now the lawn is completely covered in broadleaf weeds and there's still bare patches everywhere because we didn't overseed, we didn't top dress, we didn't do any of that stuff. And your lawn is going to look a lot worse than it does right now because of moss. At least the moss blends in and it looks green from far away. But if your lawn is left with these big bare dirt patches and these weeds start coming in like they inevitably will, guess what all your neighbors are going to be thinking? They're going to be thinking, wow, what a terrible job. I'm never hiring that company. Look at the mess they've left. Why wouldn't they finish the job? And that is the perception that people have. They won't know that the customer is insisting that no, we can't do you know the the top dressing and the overseeding and the aerating and the liming and fertilizing. I don't want any of that done. I just want you to get rid of the moss. They won't know that part of the story. They'll just know that I came by, that my company's trailer was there, that I did that work, and I left, and that in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks lawn looks terrible. And I explain this to the customer and it's almost each and every time that I do it, I can almost see the light bulb go off in their head. When I explain this as to the reason, and then my customer's perception of my company grows and it strengthens. And even if they can't afford to do that job at the time, I am more likely to get a call back because they know that I'm more interested in the end result in having them get to that, you know, why are they having me or why are they calling me to do a power raking? Why are they having me to get rid of the moss? Because the moss looks ugly. They want to have a nice lawn. The problem is that most people don't understand the steps involved to have a nice line. That you can't just do one thing without finishing and doing a bunch of other steps. And once I explain that to them and I, you know, put my money where my mouth is essentially. Because I am willing to walk away and not make a cent. And, you know, essentially lose money because I've... Driven out there to, you know, with time and fuel and stuff to do an estimate, but I'm not willing to do the job unless it's done properly because it puts my company's reputation at stake. My, the goodwill built between me and the client and my customers' perception of my company and the brand grows exponentially. And like I say, for the most part, I would say that at least 60% of the time I'll get the job anyways with the, all of the other added services, you know, and turn, you know, what might've been a $200 uh, power raking into a $1,200 lawn reno. But for those times that... I don't, um, you know, that customer will call me back. And I just had that this week. I had a client that, uh, called me to do a power raking a couple of years ago and I went out there. It was the same issue. Lots of moss, uh, you know, shaded trees and all this stuff, all covering the lawn, explained to them what their issue was, told them that we would need to do all these steps. Initially, they had agreed and said, okay, we'll do that. And then, you know, just before I was about to start a week or so later, they called and and changed their mind and decided or said, you know, that something came up and that they wouldn't be able to afford it um, so that they would just put it off that year. And sure enough, they didn't hire another company or anything because I had, you know, it was on a street that I have, uh, a regular lawn mowing client on and you, sh- you know, the lawn wasn't touched. It wasn't power raked by anybody else or anything like that. And it's been a couple years now and they haven't, uh, touched the lawn in that sense. I guess they've decided that with the trees and stuff, there's nothing they can do about the trees because they don't own the city Boulevard trees, these massive trees that are constantly, um, you know, covering the whole front lawn in shade and stuff. And I guess ultimately they've decided it's not really worth it to them that, you know, they'll just leave the moss. Um, but they called me back, um, a week or so ago, um, to quote them for some hedge trimming. So obviously, you know, that perception of trust was built there in that initial contact a few years ago, because I was willing to walk away, not only for my company's reputation Of not, you know, being known as a company that just, that doesn't care and that will only do, uh, whatever I can do to make a quick buck, even though it's not the right thing for that client's lawn and not what will get them to the result that they want. Uh, but like I say, but, and also not in the best interest of the client. And ultimately, what a customer thinks of you or thinks of your brand is the most important thing. So you have to keep that in mind with everything you do with your branding. Like I say, with wearing uniforms with, um, you know, how you treat and talk to clients, um, and all that, those things can be quickly undone. And what I mean by that is, is you know it can take years to build up a client base of clients of good clients, and you can lose them quickly, you know, overnight over one incident. So you want to make sure that you're taking care of those clients. You know, think about my perception with those examples that I gave you of the cell phone company and that retail that retail store. You know, that retail store, it's been years now that that's how I feel. And they've basically, um, shot themselves in the foot because yes, they're a large retail retailer and yes, they make money and they haven't gone out of business or anything like that. But think about, you know, if, like I said, I'm not the only one that feels the way I feel about that company. You know, my friends and family that I've spoken to have all had similar incidences with them. And all sort of have the same shopping habit with them where they'll go to buy something that they have that they see that's on sale because their sale prices are like say marked down so drastically, but they'll only go in just to buy that one item and, and leave. And that's it. And think about how much that company is losing out on future sales or potential other sales because of that, because of the perception of how they treat clients or customers you know, think about the goodwill that was lost with that cell phone company because they wouldn't honor, um, you know, paying an extra $25 in a, you know, a discount for signing up or bringing them new clients. How much money are they gaining on a month to month basis from those two new cell phone plans that I brought over to them. And based on my history, I've had, you know, I usually will stick with a cell phone company for years and years and years. I've only actually been with two other cell phone companies, the first one for nine years, the second one for 11 years. And for the most part, like I say, there'll be times where There's a lot better deals out there and I just don't think about it. I just go on paying whatever I'm paying, you know, and just continue that way, even though I could probably get a better deal. But because of this one incident with this new company that I switched, they've lost all the potential loyalty and potential goodwill that they had built up the week before by giving me a, um, bill credit for bringing those clients over because they had increased that credit and weren't willing to honor it. Even though I had just signed those, those clients, they've lost all that goodwill. And now I see them in a negative light that they don't care that they only care about the bottom line. And like I say, I'm just happy that I don't buy phones or get phones subsidized anymore that, you know, I only, uh, will now buy phones unlocked and use them that way and just pay for the plans month to month with no contract because of that. So, you know, they've lost out in the end and they didn't seem to quite understand that yet. Everybody who, uh, you know, commented or complimented me, complimented me on my comment, All understood that that is the fact that customer perception, as I said in the comment, you know, unfortunately for you, customer perception is the only thing that really matters. So just keep that in mind when you guys are doing your, uh, building up your businesses and thinking about things like that. It's tough to, um, you know, take some drastic measures like I have as far as, you know, I won't accept work, you know, a lawn care client, if they're insistent on keeping some other company to do their applications and things like that, or walking away from, um, you know, a potentially profitable power raking because they won't do the other steps required to give them, you know, good results. But my experience has shown that not only, you know, for that 60% or so that decides to go with me and do the rest of those steps, I'll have another two or three clients on that block that see those results and then will call me and ask me to do whatever I did to that other person's lawn because it looks fantastic after. So I'd rather build it that way than to just, you know, go for the quick buck and, you know, and not really care about the people's results. You know, I'd rather build my company and my brand with, uh, you know, a reputable, um, a good reputation is what I'm trying to say. So anyways, that's it. Uh, I guess for this week uh, on that topic, um, like I said, uh, Really appreciate it of you, you guys uh, joining me each and every week and listening to the podcast. Uh, if you haven't already left a review, I'd ask that you please do that. You can go to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com, go to the review page. There's a little uh, link there that'll take you to the iTunes uh, channel page there uh, to leave a review really appreciate it. It's one of the best things you can do for uh, the show is leave a review gives you that gives a show that social proof and shows people that uh, you know, it is uh, uh, valuable uh, content out there. Um, so I'd really appreciate you guys uh, doing that as well. Another thing that you guys can do is share the podcast with other lawn care um, you know, uh, providers that, you know, friends and stuff that may have, uh, an interest in it, other, uh, acquaintances, um, uh, or colleagues that, you know, uh, share the podcast with them, let them know that it exists and, uh, that it's, uh, that you enjoy listening to it. If you're, you know, a part of any Facebook groups and things like that, uh, share it on there. Um, you share it on uh, lawn forums and things like that, that you may be a part of and, uh, Uh, you know, just get the word out that, uh, the, um, podcast exists on your social networks, uh, on Facebook, maybe on your Instagram, things like that. That would be really appreciative if you guys, uh, would do that and help to build this community. Uh, so, uh, thanks again uh, to all you guys for listening and, uh, that's it for this week. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.